0: As a writer, I started journaling as soon as I could pick up a pen. In 2010, I decided to journal in a much more public way by creating my blog, msthing.com. That's what e said is an extension of my blog and what I like to consider a weekly peek into my personal journals. As someone who's always had a knack for making the ordinary extraordinary, each week you can expect to hear all about what the hell I've been doing, what I'm reading, watching, and listening to, and plenty of opinions and asides along the way. Consider me your office bestie you don't hang out with outside of work, but love to catch up with. Welcome to That's What He Said. Hello, guys, and welcome back to your favorite podcast, at least your favorite podcast that drops on Thursdays anyway. I'm so excited to be sitting here talking at you once again. We've had a couple of really awesome weeks on The podcast. You know, two weeks ago we had my personal trainer, Meg, and then last week we had my financial coach, Corey, and you guys have just been eating up those episodes and really loving them. And that makes me very excited because, you know, I was a little iffy on if I should be including more guests this year but you guys have answered that for me by you know the listener numbers and I know that it depends so much on who the actual guest is and just with those two episodes it's just very clear to me that both of those areas were of interest to the majority of you and you really got something from them so This month is going to be just a bunch of solo episodes like you have been used to. It's how I started last year. But throughout the year, I'm definitely going to be really vetting my guests and finding some really interesting, awesome people in my universe to bring on here and talk to you guys about whatever their expertise is. And I'm very much looking forward to that. So I just wanted to Thank you guys for your uh, participation, I guess, the last couple of weeks and making this passion project of mine easier to sort of navigate by showing me what you're into. With that, I also want to say that if you have not requested to be a part of the private Facebook group that I created for. That's what E said. I really urge you to do that. I know that a lot of people just straight up don't have Facebook anymore, and I absolutely don't blame you. I kind of have to for my business. It's pretty annoying, but I'm making the most of it by having created this private group, and I'm sort of getting the hang of it. I'm posting whenever there's a new release. I'm trying to get conversation going with members after each episode, and We've had a couple of members really chime in and that has been awesome. So I will link it in the show notes if you want to request to be a member in that group. I don't know if you can hear or not, but I've been dealing with some sort of throat issue since the weekend. I don't really know what's going on. It's legitimately the only symptom that I have. I feel completely fine other than my throat being kind of weird. Over the weekend, it was really scratchy, but now it's somewhat healed, and I took a Zyrtec on Saturday or Sunday, I can't remember which day, and it seemed to help, but only for like a few hours, so I don't know what the deal is. It's probably the fact that last week it was an ice storm in Dallas, and this week it's gotten warmer but like right now as I'm recording this and talking to you guys it's Tuesday and it is super fucking rainy and it's cold again so honestly it's just like mother nature cannot make up her mind and neither can my body's reactions to her so I'm just going with it And I don't think it's anything more serious than a random scratchy throat. So before I dive into what the hell I've been doing lately, I just wanted to give you guys a heads up that for the month of February, I'm going to make every episode based on love, dating, relationships. Yes, is it cliche as fuck because of Valentine's Day? Of course. But why not lean into that content if you have it? And boy, do I have it. So over the next couple of episodes, you can expect to hear from me, from other people. It's just gonna be a wide range of things. So definitely follow me on my Instagram page for the podcast at that's what E said the podcast because I am going to be crowdsourcing the crap out of the next few episodes and getting uh, audience participation so I can make them really good, even more relatable. And I think that you guys are going to get a kick and a horror thrill out of today's episode. But before we get into all of that, let's go over what I've been doing. So last week was uh, definitely a bit of a blur. Um, The ice situation lasted pretty much throughout the week and finally started melting. I would say like midday thursday and then obviously over the weekend you know dallas got lucky this time with the whole ice storm situation two years ago we were not lucky at all it like really devastated the area and it was horrible and this time that happened to austin and as far as i know people are still without power and it's been over a week at this point Um, So that's really scary and really upsetting and it just is terrible that Texas can't seem to learn our lesson about being prepared for ice because ice happens to us uh, like no matter where you live. So hopefully the powers that be will get their shit in gear and try and figure that out. So Anyway, um, I don't really have much to report from the weekend. On Friday after work, Zach and I went to the mall to get more Nespresso pods. We're still high on the Nespresso um, and just do a couple errands. And we ended up doing like a lap around the mall just to like get some steps in. And then we did not have a dinner plan, which we're starting to realize. And it could have just been because... Last week, everyone was like cooped up at home and, you know, everyone had really bad cabin fever from having to be cooped up at home. But we're starting to realize that, especially here in Dallas, you really can't just walk into a restaurant restaurant anymore unless you have a reservation. Like typically, luck has been on our side and we've been able to get away with that, Um, We even got away with that the other weekend when we went to that cool bar called Clifton Club, but this weekend was no dice. I mean, it was just, you know, we felt like amateurs, but I guess we just haven't been in the habit of uh, being super on top of making reservations. So we tried to go to a couple of our standard places for dinner on Friday night, and the waits at both places were like an hour and a half to two hours, and it was already maybe 8 p.m. by that point. So we ended up back at a restaurant called The Finch, which I mentioned many episodes ago, and it was a good time. We sat at the bar. The bartender was a little different, um, very, very talkative, very interesting humor. It just kind of threw us for a loop. And I will also say about The Finch that – the ambiance just isn't it. It just, it's really, really loud. I i talked about this the first time that we went, but it's loud. The lighting isn't awesome. The acoustics aren't great. Obviously, it's loud. Um, and the ceilings are super, super high, which don't help. But, you know, even though the ambiance isn't great, the food really is super good there. So if you are in the Dallas area and you're looking for, kind of like a little bit of an upscale all-American place to try that's different than I would suggest the Finch. But buyer beware because food is so fucking expensive right now. Like it is, oh my god, it's just so insane. It's so insane, but we don't need to get into all of that. Saturday, we went to breakfast at One of our favorite diners. And we finally got to the gym for the first time last week because, you know, we were just like working out at home because of the ice and everything. So that felt really great. And I was going through my pictures before I started recording, trying to remember what the hell we did on Saturday. I don't fucking remember. Like I did not take any pictures, which is very weird for me. I have no a real kind of, um, I don't really have any uh, sort of photographic evidence of how we spent our day on Saturday. I mean, I know that my throat felt really scratchy and one of my stupid 1099 tax forms was returned to my old address in the Oak Cliff area. So we ended up driving to go get it from from the people who moved into my place when I moved out because they're still there and they're like the nicest people ever and chatted with them for a second and I just don't remember. But anyway, um, we ended the night going to dinner at um, this place by our house. We walked there because it was like cold but not cold enough to not walk and it's really, really close. It's called Savon G&G and it's like Mediterranean kind of Greek uh, Lebanese inspired food and it's BYOB and we brought a really awesome bottle of wine. We had incredible hummus. They have this hummus with lamb in it. It's oh my god, it's so good. Um shared a Greek salad, had like chicken kebabs. It was fantastic and a Jenny's ice cream opened in the same area last year and um i don't think that i've had ice cream so far this year and i was really jonesing so we got a little bit of ice cream and then came home and watched snl and i'll give you my thoughts on that uh, in the next portion of today's podcast and then sunday um sunday turned into something we didn't expect in the best way we decided that it was such a gorgeous day that we were going to Walk to lunch. We didn't know where. We didn't really have a plan. We just knew we were going to walk in a general direction. And we ended up walking, like actively walking for over an hour, like an hour and a 15 minutes or something. And we popped into a lot of little stores and we stopped for lunch in between all of that. And we ended up being gone and outside and walking for two and a half hours. And it was lovely. Zach and I never do that. We absolutely, absolutely should be doing that a lot more often. And hopefully that's the start of something beautiful because it was, it was awesome. It was just so fun to be on our feet in our neighborhood. <laughs> and it wasn't just like walking the dogs for a quick, you know, 10 minute walk. And then we <laughs> watched the Grammys while doing our own Grammys. And I don't know if you caught that, but basically I brought home honeymade cinnamon-flavored graham crackers the other week. And I was really excited about them. I haven't had them in forever. And I was like, this is a good little sweet treat to have in the house, and probably better for me than you know having ice cream in the house. And Zach ate one and was not impressed, and then he got on this kick about how he wanted to find out what the best graham cracker is. And my favorite cereal ever is Golden Grams. Like that shit is crack. I, oh my God, if I could have that every fucking day. I don't even know the last time I let myself buy a box because it would it wouldn't last very long with me. But now that I am with Zach and he literally will eat any kind of snack he can get his hands on, it wouldn't last a day. But it is just so and it's like a perfect cereal to me and so obviously I love graham crackers so Zach came to me on like Saturday he was like oh my god babe I have a bit for you I'm like oh a bit I love a bit what's your what's your bit and he was like I think that we should go and get our hands on every single type of graham cracker we possibly can like go to multiple different grocery stores and get all these different graham crackers, and we should host our own Grammys, spelled G-R-A-H-A-M-I-E, Grammys, and decide on the best tasting graham cracker. And I was like, okay, honestly, that's a really good bit. So Sunday came, we were done with this really long walk, and he knew that I wanted to get a bunch of stuff done around the house. And so he was like, it's cool. You do that. I'm going to go out. I'm going to secure all the graham crackers. And so this motherfucker went to Tom Thumb, Kroger, Aldi's, Target, uh, Whole Food, and Central Market. And I know, I know we messed up because we forgot to include Trader Joe's. And we were told after the fact that Trader Joe's has really good graham crackers, So like, we'll probably have to do a separate taste test for those. But literally, like we ordered really delicious Thai food for dinner, we had our dinner, and then we set up shop in front of the TV with the Grammys on. And I just let my phone camera roll and recorded us (laughs) trying out all these different graham crackers. And it was really, really fun. Like we had a really good time. And we truly discovered that They no two graham crackers are made the same. The favorite for us was the Nabisco original red box graham crackers. And I will say that Laura, my friend who's the pastry chef who made our wedding cakes, she commented and said that that type of graham cracker, the Nabisco Red Box, is the only kind that they use in their kitchen with their desserts because nothing beats it and it also bakes up really well. So I felt very, very validated in that one being our favorite. And if you haven't watched our almost eight minute Grammys video on my Emma's Thing Instagram, I suggest you do. Just like keep it on the background for company if that's what you like to do. But it's it's very fun. Word to the wise, just don't buy store brand graham crackers. All of them are fucking disgusting. And honestly, guys, that was our weekend. So what's going on right now is we're having this whole mold remediation situation in our house and I've gotten a lot of dms oddly enough which I feel like just shows (laughs) just shows all of our ages the fact that like you guys are legitimately like wait how did you know you had mold like what is the process of remediation I think I might need it can you like do a post on this I'm like oh my god if you had told me you know A decade ago that at almost 36, I was going to be talking on my podcast about mold remediation. I would be like, wow, that sounds really fucking sad. And maybe it is sad, but like, clearly this is the stuff that people are interested in. So just to give like a really brief kind of synopsis on what's happening. Basically, I know that I said last episode... (laughs) that our style of house is a carpenter house it's not a carpenter house it's a craftsman Um, and it was built in the 1920s and so basically in the guest room Zach noticed that there was this part in the floorboards that you stepped on and it was literally like dipping and like hollowed out like you could tell it was hollowed out underneath so he had people come out he had foundation people come out and get under the house and check it out. And sure enough, we have some like rotted wood that needs to be replaced. We need like a refresh with our foundation. But the shitty part on top of that is that while they were down there, they also saw some mold. And then we got mold people out here and they were like, oh yeah, you have mold. It's not horribly toxic, dangerous mold, but it's mold. And you should definitely have it remediated before you do any foundation stuff. So, um, Zach and I spent last weekend emptying out the guest bedroom in its entirety to get prepared for them to start, and then the ice stuff happened, and so they didn't end up actually starting until Friday. Uh, they were supposed to start Tuesday, so they started Friday, and... At the end of the day, Friday, they let us know that uh, they also needed us to clear out the guest bedroom closet. They they hadn't said that beforehand, so we had put everything in the guest bedroom closet. And then they were like, hey, also, we need to tear up those floorboards, so um, if you could just, like, get that shit out. So it's been a whole thing, and they've been here, here all week, um, and they will be here um, pretty much all week to get it done so uh, it's nice because they're going in and out through the guest bedroom windows on the side of the house so they're not in and out of the main house and you know I mean it's noise during the day but it's nothing that is making me uh, like go crazy what's making me go crazy is that our house is in shambles I'm that kind of person who I cannot live in chaos like When I move, I want everything in its right place right away. And I know that's not realistic, and it's just added pressure, and it's ridiculous. And I'm doing my best. I really am. Like, I'm just breathing through it. But, like, our entire guest bedroom, you know, half of it is in Zach's office, and then all of the shit that we put in the closet is now out in the main room. And there's, like, a big plastic sheet where the door was, and – it's just it's just not ideal but um hopefully they'll be done this week and then foundation repairs will happen next week and then we should be good to go so that's what's been going on with that and i'll probably give you guys more detail about who we use and stuff like that when everything is said and done but anyway so um that's what's been going on over here i am still going strong with meg she posted some before or not sorry I shouldn't say before and afters she posted some progress pictures of me on her page this week which was really flattering um it was just really really flattering of her to do and it made me kind of see my own progress and stop beating myself up that like you know when you do things the right way it it's slow it's slow and it takes time and it just is what it is but um I'm feeling really, really good with uh, all the things that I've changed. The newest habit I'm trying to uh, convince myself to take on is getting up um, when Zach leaves for work, instead of laying in bed, wide awake, on my phone for like the first hour of my day. It is so stupid. It's such a waste of my time it's just killing my brain cells so I am trying to instate this rule with myself where when I wake up which is always when Zach kisses me goodbye for the day at like 8 20 30 I have to physically get up and get out of bed and do one thing outside of the bedroom before I'm allowed to even pick up my phone. So whether that's like wash my face, brush my teeth, make my coffee, fill up my water, whatever it is, I have to do that one thing and be like up and moving around before I get to see what happened on Instagram overnight because that's so fucking important, right? Oh my God. So yeah, that's all that's going on over here. So let's get into what I've been reading, watching, and listening to lately. As for reading, I'm still reading my Book of the Month, (laughs) Carrie Soto is Back by Taylor Jenkins Reid. And this is just a reminder, if you want to participate in my first ever book of the month situation, group read, whatever you want to call it, I don't like calling it a book club, get your copy of Carrie Soto is Back and have it read by the February 23rd episode. So from Today you have 2 weeks to read the book, gather your thoughts on it so we can discuss it in some way. Still not 100% sure how that's going to be or how this is going to go, but you know, I mean, we'll just see. Like really uh, everything that I do with this podcast is kind of throwing shit at the wall and seeing what sticks. That's like any creative process more or less. So we'll just see how it goes over. Um I will say that I'm I am very much enjoying it so far. I didn't think that it was going to be so much about tennis as it is, meaning like I didn't know that the author was going to really get into the technical side of it and use all this jargon. So it's interesting because I'm learning a lot about tennis. I don't know what I can do with that information other than like watch the US Open and Wimbledon and be more interested um for the first time in my life but yeah so just a reminder if you want to participate in that to get carrie soto is back as for what we've been watching so we watched snl on saturday with pedro pascal and you know per usual how i've been feeling for a long time snl just is not in a good spot it just isn't i don't think that the writers are strong I'm very surprised at a lot of the skits that get okayed and deemed worthy to be on the show. Um, But Pedro was absolutely hilarious. He fucking killed in every single scene he was in. It made me so happy. Like he has such a good sense of humor and he's a really good comedy actor and he's really only ever done like super serious shit. So that was just awesome. The hospital sketch with him talking like this was so funny. It's like, that's the kind of SNL that I love and I miss. It's just so stupid, nonsensical. It's not like a bigger message. It's just like being stupid and funny for the sake of being stupid and funny. Um, I also thought the sketch with him as the Mexican grandmother, or sorry, the Mexican mother was fucking hilarious. He did such a good job. Like, it was just so good. And also, I have to say, this is just me speculating, and I have to put this out there because I want to know if anyone else feels this way. But I feel like, I feel like he might be gay. And I say that because yes, like a part of that is because he's 47 and he's never been married and all of that. But there's just like something in his eyes. It's like a twinkle. And I, I guess it's just like a feeling or a vibe that I get. Or maybe like he, I don't know. I don't know. I, I, I don't want to like say too much and come off in any type of way. But I just wonder that, and I did Google a few things, but I didn't like click into the articles and read them. I don't know why, I just was like being a lazy Googler. But that's kind of my thought, and if anyone has any insight on that, I would love for you to chat with me about it two other shows that we started over the weekend we two really like big other shows we started over the weekend were shrinking on apple tv with jason siegel and harrison ford um loving that so good uh the dialogue is great the characters are really good jessica williams who plays one of the therapists she was part of two dope queens i don't know if any of you guys are familiar but she's amazing luke Tenney, who plays sean is incredible and the only like kind of not negative thing i have to say but just kind of like little thing i have to say is it's just really really hard with krista miller um she plays liz uh the neighbor who is like a second mom And, you know, I just remember her from Scrubs days and she's just had so much work done. I'm like, it doesn't look comfortable. Like her face looks not comfortable and obviously not natural. And it just kind of pains me. Like, I don't know. I mean, she's fucking hilarious and she's always played like very biting, sassy female characters. But it's just like sometimes when she's in a scene, it's very distracting for me. But other than that, we we love it, um, and we're all caught up. So we will just you know stay on top of that. And then the other show that we started kind of late to the game um, is Bad Sisters, and that one is also on Apple TV, and we are loving it. I mean, I definitely am. I feel like the first episode Zach was a little iffy on, but we watched the second one the other night and he was like okay this is really good and oh my god the way that they are setting up Grace's husband to be such a fucking prick it's like you want to and maybe do scream at the television like holy shit um, I just love the premise I love the idea of all of these Irish sisters being so close and so tight-knit and willing to do whatever it takes to make each other happy. I'm very excited to see where it goes and I just freaking love Sharon Horgan so much. Like anything that she's in, she's so good. It's hard for me to see Anne-Marie Duff in a different role. So she plays Grace, the sister with the horrible husband, and she played the meth-head mom in sex education and so like i'm i'm starting to be able to kind of like switch my uh vision of her i guess but it was rough for me like the first episode i was like oh wait that's what's her faces mom who like runs off and leaves her um so it's interesting to see her in such a different role but we are loving both of those and we'll continue with both of them for sure All right, guys, now we're to the fun part of today's episode that is based all around love and dating and relationships. Now, if you have not been following me for a really long time, you may not know that I was single from uh, like 24 to 33. Yes, I had a couple of like longish-term boyfriends in between, and by longish-term, I mean like 10 months, but other than that, I dated a lot. I was trying to find Mr. Right. I had to meet a very unfortunate amount of Mr. Wrongs and Mr. Are You Fucking Kidding Me's to get to where I am today, and it was... It was a really hard time. And I used to identify as the token single friend because all of my closest friends met their person way earlier in life than I did. Like, pretty much, I've never, well, I guess that's, I was gonna say I've never really known any of my closest friends without their husbands, but that's not true. It's just... You know, they all met them around like 25, 26, 27, whereas I didn't meet Zach till I was 33. And it was really tough going. And when I get around to starting to write my memoir, it's going to be about all of the dating adventures that I had over the course of that decade, more or less because the stories are just there's so many all of them are relatable in one way or another some of them I hope aren't relatable because they're so fucking unbelievable that I truly hope that they didn't happen to anyone else (laughs) reading them but while I was single I was much more into my blog emmasthing.com, and I would you know write pieces uh, pertaining to dating a lot more on my blog and I didn't write many like actually when I went back to those posts to prepare for this episode I was kind of a little shocked because I could have sworn that I wrote down my every thought and feeling during those 10 years but it turns out I didn't which I think is really good because you know there are a lot of things that are sacred which I'm not super good at subscribing to and obviously I want to save like the biggest stories for my book one day, but I did have a few outstanding dating related posts on my blog. And today I wanted to go all the way back to 2017, June 7th, 2017 to be exact, and read you this blog post that I wrote called 36 of the most what the fuck things men have said to me. All of these quotes that you are going to hear are real and I gave a little bit of backstory on each of them while I wrote this post but not much so I'm going to open that door even further today and give you even more insight into the story behind the thing that was said to me and to paint a picture for you in 2017 I believe that I had just started working at match.com. I'm pretty positive that cuz I kind of I kind of remember like writing this like on the side during the day at my job when I was like in between other assignments because I'm such a fucking awesome employee, but um I just started a match.com to be the head writer, which was incredibly ironic because like I said, I was very much leaning into being the single token friend at the time. And it was like, what the fuck do I know about love and meeting your match? I know nothing about it, but here I am. And I just, you know, that was six years ago. So I was like about to be 30. I wasn't in an awesome place. And it just felt like I could not win like nothing I did no one I met it's like I just had this knack for choosing the wrong guys to focus on and I let them get away with so much shit and when I read stuff back like this like this blog post the one regret I would say that I have in life during that time frame during those 10 years and it's like I'm not gonna be super hard on myself about it because you don't know what you don't know but if I could go back in time and walk away from these situations so much earlier than I had, I I would have. But then you like get into the woo-woo like universe timing part of that. And it's like, if I had walked away earlier, then maybe the timing with Zach and I wouldn't have worked out like it did, like the butterfly effect. But anyway, I just I shared these horrific things in hopes that you know maybe you can pass it the knowledge on to your friend who's going through a really shitty time with dating or maybe you can hold on to it and you have a daughter and you can make her feel better about the horror stories you once heard from your friend you can call me your friend even though we haven't met that's fine or maybe you're still there maybe you're still going through it I don't know like the marital status of all of my listeners so I think in one way or another, you guys are going to be able to relate to this because what can women relate to if not men being the absolute fucking worst? The first what the fuck thing a guy said to me in the past was, are you gonna cry now? And he said it in a very condescending way. And this was my long-term college boyfriend. Now, college is a time okay there's a lot of alcohol flowing there's a lot of feelings a lot of emotion a lot comes with a college relationship and him and I were good but you know I was incredibly emotionally immature and so was he of course but I I just, it was my first long-term relationship. I ended up being with this guy for three years. And I had never been, like, i you know, I was 21, 22. I never been with a guy that long. I never been, been with a guy long enough to get in a fight. And there was a lot of crying that went on. I was crying all the fucking time in college. I had no idea how to keep a cap on that shit. And there was this one night. It was a house party at his place. Who knows what was upsetting me that night? Uh, Like, there's no telling. But I remember that we were in their kitchen and I think he was making like a drunk snack. So it was like a little later in the night. We had had drinks. This was not a sober occurrence. And I don't remember what we were fighting about and I don't remember what he said to me. But whatever he said stung and I started tearing up and that was nothing new And he was always pretty fucking loving and obsessed with me, but in that moment, he got so ugly and said to me in that horrible kind of voice, are you gonna cry now? And that is the only time I think that I've really considered slapping a guy across the face. But instead of doing that, I did start crying and I ran away and up to his bedroom and locked the door, which made things a lot worse. The second what-the-fuck thing someone ever said to me, and this was the same guy, this is my long-term college boyfriend, was, she's funny because she isn't trying to be funny. And he said this because I was, again, emotionally immature, but being vulnerable with him and kind of opening up about my um, observations that he seemed to laugh really hard at other girls in... Uh, the group that we were hanging out with but he never laughed when I was being funny and like objectively speaking I'm a funny fucking person and everyone else is laughing really hard but my boyfriend who should think I'm the funniest person ever was never laughing and and then he said this to me that this one girl was funny because she wasn't trying to be funny, insinuating that I'm trying to be funny. And that one really hurt. The third most what the fuck thing someone ever said to me was, I'm not really into making out. Um, I had never heard this before in my entire life. Uh, making out for me when I was single was a way of life. It was a way of survival, if you will. And this guy legitimately said he wasn't really into making out. Like, he just wanted to fuck. He, he just wanted to, like, maybe kiss a couple times. He didn't want to sit there and suck face. That wasn't his thing. And the same guy also said to me, this is the fourth thing, I have a huge dick. And he said that, like several times before I ever saw it he just kept talking about how his dick was really big and I don't know why I didn't walk away from him like that who the fuck talks about their huge penis and I think it got to a point where I was like well now I have to see his penis because I need to know if this motherfucker is lying or not because the only guy who would say I have I have a huge dick over and over is someone with a small dick. Now, it does turn out that he did have a massive penis, but he was very fucked up. And there's something else that he said that is later on in this post, and we'll get to that. So huge penis, not really into making out. Okay, the next thing was said by this boyfriend that I had for a few months, who I was head over heels, for just absolutely obsessed infatuated just oh, I, I don't know I don't know he put a spell on me and he said this to me as I was sitting topless on top of him okay and I have big boobs I they're very perky I don't know how but they are they always have been perky for their size And, you know, since we're going there, my areolas are small and that's what, that is what the situation was. This is what I looked like sitting in front of him, topless. And he said to me, I think saggy boobs and big areolas are so hot. (laughs) Like, First of all, why the fuck do I care? And secondly, you literally just described the opposite of my breasts while my breasts are out naked and I'm very vulnerable. So thank you so much for that. Okay, the next thing that a guy said to me was, you did sprints? That's so hot. You did fasted walking? That's so hot. So both of these things were said to me by a very mentally off balance ex-fitness model. And very uh, curiously enough, he was Jewish. And I don't know like a lot of fitness models who are Jewish, so that was probably like a draw for me. It would turn out that he had a very serious, he had serious problems and I didn't know that obviously, Um, but he legitimately got off on me working out. And if I did a walk and I (laughs) happened to not eat that day before I did the walk, he would say, you did fast and walking? Oh my God, that's so hot. Or you did sprints, that's so hot. Um, very upsetting stuff. That is going to be a full-ass chapter in my book. Okay, this one, <laughs> God, I feel like every woman can relate to this. This guy said to me, <laughs> did I say I love you? I didn't mean to say that. Um And in my blog post, I wrote, said by a guy who lived in a dump, smoked cigarettes, wore the same thing every single day, and who had only ejaculated twice in his entire sexual career, regardless of how the ejaculation occurred. Um, this guy had some problems. God, they all have fucking problems. He had a lot of things. And I really liked him. I don't know, guys. I don't know. I'm being very vulnerable in sharing the uh, smattering of fucking losers that I gave the time of day to when I was single. But this guy, when he was absolutely wasted the night before, had told me that he loved me and I brought it up to him the next day. And his response was, did I say that? I didn't mean to say that. And then shortly thereafter, um, we broke things off. This one is exceptionally fucking creepy. This guy said, I wrote about you in my journal. Can I send you some excerpts? This is a fucking story. This guy was my height. He He was like... Five, yeah, like five, five, maybe. There's so much more to the story with him that I don't want to give away until I can fully write it down. But this guy ended up going to jail. But at the time, I thought that there was obviously nothing more romantic than an artsy, emotionally available, poetic guy telling me that he wrote about me. I'm a writer. So him telling me he wrote about me in his journal? Hell yeah, I wanted to see those excerpts and I wish I'd saved them. I absolutely didn't. But God, that story still gives me the fucking ick when I even kind of uh, talk about it. I did one time get a request to exchange pictures from a complete fucking stranger on Instagram out of nowhere at like two in the morning. Um, this was before bots and really shady, sketchy shit had taken over Instagram. I mean, this was back in like, you know, the 20 teens. I don't know what year, I can't remember, but it's like this guy had started following me and he actually like looked really cute and normal. And I was like, oh my god, like what if I meet my husband on Instagram? Which is the most fucking insane thing to say nowadays. But I think we'd had like maybe a little back and forth banter, like hardly. And literally, I I never I never been propositioned by a man before to send him nude photos, like that I didn't know. Like getting sent a dick pic, basically. And so when he said, Do you want to exchange pictures? I, I mean, I have never been more offended in my entire life. And like, now I would just laugh it off. But at the time, it was very new territory for me. And I was like, oh, how dare you? So I'm pretty sure I like told him off in some dramatic Emma way that I thought was so smart and feisty. And probably was like, what the fuck ever? I don't care about this bitch. Another thing that a guy said to me once, the ultimate fuck boy excuse he said i'm scared i i just didn't expect to meet someone like you and that was my first ever true fuck boy experience and it uh, fucked me up um cuz that's what fuck boys do they fuck you up and i just had never i had never dealt with one before and he had all of the lines I mean it was textbook shit the fact that he was like oh I'm scared I didn't I didn't plan to meet you like fuck off um he was oh my god he's such a dick I I can't this other guy um I met him on an app and I went out with him a few times but he was super unavailable um and I would hear from him like every other week, which does not fucking fly in my book. And I remember his name. I remember that he had a very, very unhealthy, overweight French bulldog who like needed help. Um, And it smelled really fucking bad. And we went on like a couple times. And, you know, I had this thing going back then where like, I was just trying to be – I was trying to stand up for myself. And so when situations with guys would happen, I would always want to have the last word, which I realize now is just, like, not worth it. Like, I just – I wish I had had the wherewithal to just write these fuckers off and be like, they don't even deserve another word from me. Um, But I think I took this guy to task because of – how little I heard from him, but like how he would send me like super flowery text messages, really complimentary, all this stuff. And he once used this line on me. And he said, Have you met you? <laughs> like, what? Have you met you? So he's like being like, I mean, like, have you even met yourself? Do you know how amazing you are? But like he still completely fucking ghosted me so I don't even know I can't um this other the next one is another fuck boy who really fucked me up and he like split his time between Dallas and New York and he had also like every move in the book every line in the book he he was my first I feel like experience with breadcrumbing and if you're not familiar with that term it's like when they give you just enough to keep you like on their trail on their scent but they're giving you like literally just enough nothing more and you're just taking whatever breadcrumbs you can get and that was him and he once said to me like in a very um debonair kind of way I don't know if that's the right word to use Interest was never the issue. Distance was. I was like, okay, I literally fucking hate you. Um, This next one, this one really, really hurt because it was a guy that I went to college with and I was like friendly with and we should have never crossed that line. And we had definitely flirted with it a couple of times, but hadn't. And then, like, he ultimately decided, like, no, let's cross it. Like, I'm ready. Like, I think I'm ready to actually date you. And we had sex exactly one time, once. And when we broke it off very shortly after, like, probably two weeks after that, he said to me during our fight when we broke it off, we had sex because I could tell you really wanted it. Like gaslighting me about sex and like acting like he did me a favor by sleeping with me, horrifying. Okay, now we're back to the big penis who doesn't like making out. This guy was in the military um, and I think he killed a lot of people. I think he killed a lot of people. And when I asked him about his experience and if it affected him and how it affected him and all of that, He brushed it off completely and said, no, the military didn't affect me at all. I just purposely didn't get close to anyone, so I wouldn't be affected by their death. So it was fine. (laughs) I can't, y'all. I fucking can't. Um, One guy said to me, you walk around naked so much. I think it kills my sex drive. Like, I don't have to work to declothe you, so I'm not as horny. Honestly, honestly, he has a point. (laughs) He does have a point here. I think that like, you don't want to be walking around naked all the time. But also like, I didn't fucking live with this guy. This was when I was like 25 years old. And good on me for wanting to be naked all the time. Like, I certainly don't want to be like that now. But it was just, he in general was maybe he possibly was like the worst guy that I've ever dated um he was legitimately evil like truly truly um malicious and evil and a bad person so it's like there was no kind of like relationshipy positivity behind this phrase like he wasn't trying to like actually have a conversation with me he was just like you walk around naked too much and like it makes me not want to fuck you so that was cool this quote was said by a guy that I dated who absolutely despised oral sex and tried to like level with me about it and gave me this whole speech about how like you know he has to really be in the mood and all of this and literally, this we broke up this night. I just want you to know that going into this phrase. But he was in the midst of doing that to me. I had to ask him. I had to request it. Oh, and by the way, when I requested it, he literally goes, I knew you're going to ask that, y'all. So he was in the midst of it, and he just looked up at me from my vagina and said I'm just really not in the mood babe and the rejection that I felt I to this day I don't think I've ever felt that rejected sexually in my entire life and when we started you know I mean I like immediately sat up and was like oh you're not in the mood okay cool like then I'm not in the mood for anything and we started a weird argument and he said to me all pussies smell and taste gross he fucking said that to me his girlfriend to my face and we broke up and that was actually an epic breakup timeline because I was going to Chicago that weekend to see Adele I think that was like in 2014 I think and so I like went to the Adele concert freshly off a breakup with this guy who told me that all pussies including mine smell and taste gross so I mean have you ever have you ever gotten to go to a Adele concert and cry your fucking eyes out because it's very cathartic this guy um the same one who told me that he liked big saggy boobs um sorry he liked saggy boobs with big areolas he told me that he said I want you to meet my family sooner rather than later And then exactly two days later, when I mentioned that to him, he said, I never said that. So that was cool. This one, (laughs) this one was also said by the one who um, told me that me being naked uh, killed his sex drive. He said, if you defy me, I won't pay the bill. So quick backstory on this. He had gotten a puppy. I did not grow up with dogs. I... I just didn't have a lot of experience with them. He went out of town for Thanksgiving, and I said I would happily watch the puppy because I was obsessed with her, obviously. This is like my first time having a dog, basically. I was definitely 24 because I got CC when I was 25. And he handed me, or he handed her off to me, And but right before he did, she had like crawled through a fence or something the night before, and she'd hurt her leg. And when she was with me and he was out of town, she was not putting any pressure on it. She was limping everywhere. She was a puppy, but she was super lethargic and not getting up off the couch and playing and being crazy like she normally was. And so even though I had no experience with dogs, really, I knew at least that like that wasn't normal. And I was writing him and I was like, I'm going to take her to the vet I just think that she needs to be looked at. This isn't good. And he called me on his family vacation on his Thanksgiving with his family in the room, like in the background, and was yelling at me and telling me that she didn't need anything. And this is how he raised his dogs. And, you know, farm dogs, uh, like You know, you just, like, kind of let things happen to them. He didn't live on a fucking farm, P.S. And that if I defied him by taking her to the vet, that he would not be paying the bill. And we broke up, like, while he was on his trip. I, we were like, fuck you. This is over. And I took her to the vet. And she got her leg looked at. Turns out she also had, like, vaginitis. So I got like medicine and stuff for her, pills for her, and he never reimbursed me um, for that. So he is a motherfucker and I hope that he is rotting in hell somewhere. This one guy told me during the date, he was, sorry, he was very, very um, secretive about what he did for a living up until our date. Like he kept being like, I'll tell you when I meet you. Like... You just won't understand over text. So I'm like, oh, my God, like, is this guy in, like, the fucking CIA? Like, he has to be in the CIA or, like, a janitor. Like, there's nothing in between. Why would he be so weird and, like, not willing to give me the information before we meet? And we met. And uh, shortly into the conversation, I learned that he was a nomad. He was 32 and decided that the work life was not for him. So he quote unquote retired and was couch surfing and living out of his car and just spending his nights on whoever's couch that would let him in. And he told me that he lived out of his car and sometimes at his parents' house um, when he was in town, which he happened to be for our date. So that's awesome. (laughs) This one comes from the same Jewish ex-fitness model who told me that my fasted walking was hot. He said, I just don't think we have the same goals. I need someone to keep me in line, not enable me. And let me just tell you that this was a long time ago when I was thinner than I am now and just, just smaller. I was just smaller than I was now, but I said to him one night out loud that I know what it would take to have like a six-pack of abs, but I would never, ever do it because I love food and living my life too much. And that was his response, that we don't have the same goals and that he needed someone to keep him in line and not enable him. And I was a bad influence. So cool. One time, a boyfriend that I dated for way too long um, also did not uh, like oral sex. And one one time, like in the midst of it, he said, um, it's really hard, OK? So that was super fucking attractive. Um, this guy said, I'm not necessarily looking for a girlfriend, just so you know. And he said this two months into dating and a week before he had said that, he invited me to his family's Passover and asked if I was open to the idea of being more Jewish and like really leaning into my Judaism. And I had been like, yeah, for sure. Like I just, you know, if that's something that like whoever I end up with like wants to do. And yeah. And then he told me that he wasn't necessarily looking for a girlfriend. Okay, this one comes from Bartender, who I gave my number to on a slip of paper, and we had a very um, uh, infatuated two weeks. So he said, before we move any further, I wanted to tell you, I have a kid out of wedlock with a very young girl that I knocked up on accident. We used to work at a restaurant together. Also, she moved here for a few months in the spring so we could try and make it work for the kid, but it didn't work out. But she is pregnant again by me from the time that she tried living here with me. Um, so like, I just wanted to let you know. <laughs> and like, honestly, I, I give this guy kudos because he he told me all this before we um, slept together And we didn't end up sleeping together because he was like, you know, I can just tell like we're going to maybe take the next step. And I just want you to know all of this before we do that and like get more attached. And I was like, thanks for letting me know. That sounds like a lot. I literally can't believe that she's fucking pregnant again. Um, What the fuck? And goodbye, sir. This fucking dirtbag, oh my God, he gives me the heebie-jeebies. This guy said, I don't do oral on the third date, but like, do you like butt sex? Not even fucking kidding, you guys. Like, he literally scoffed at the idea of oral sex happening on a third date and then turned around, not literally, figuratively, and was like, do you want to have anal? This next one also comes from him And it's a longer story. He asked me if I wanted to buy him a burger. Um, There's just like so, so, so much to that. And I feel like I don't have the time to get into it, but definitely look for that one in my book. The, (laughs) The saggy boob, big areola boyfriend. He gaslit me on my 30th birthday. He did not do anything for my 30th birthday. He texted me one time and said, happy birthday. And my family had even invited him out to dessert to celebrate and he rejected it. And when I stupidly went over to his house after my birthday celebration that he didn't come to and was like, what the fuck is wrong with you? I was like, you texted me one time on my 30th birthday. I'm your girlfriend. Like you literally told me that you loved me last weekend and he said and that wasn't enough was it nothing will ever be enough in response to texting me only one time on my birthday um the same guy also said during that conversation um I can't be faulted for saying things I felt in the moment people say things Emma like like you haven't said stuff within the first month of dating someone and he was saying this as we were breaking up and I was reminding him what I just told you guys how he had told me that he was in love with me literally the week before that. Also another great one from him was, what's the difference between extreme like and being in love? There's no difference to me. He also, during that breakup, went on to tell me that he, quote unquote, fell in love with a new girl every week on Tinder. Like that's, that's what he... love was just like jokingly throwing the word around and like being obsessed with someone for like a week so that was cool um this was said to me by um a fuck boy on our second or third date no idea why the fuck he would tell me that I can't I can't he said my friends just asked me which one when I told them I was gonna bring a girl with me like cool thank you for letting me know that i'm not the only girl you are entertaining and that you are a piece of shit oh my god oh wow yeah this one this guy said um i can't believe this is happening i thought you were cute for forever oh my god i can't believe this he was a longtime admirer who i worked with and then i quit and then on uh, my going away thing, we decided to make out, and I never heard from him again. I never heard from this guy who was like, "I can't believe this is happening." I thought you were cute for forever. Wow. So, I just can't. Okay, I'm gonna save this one for last. This fuck boy said sorry. I was a douchebag this weekend, and that was after a weekend when he literally just like went radio silent and ghosted me and really hurt my feelings and um, it sucked and that was his opening line on Sunday after like he had ignored me Friday and Saturday via text message so that's great okay this guy said you're really intense and this was said by a watch salesman whom I invited to a free night of comedy. And I remember it was when Adam Sandler was touring. And I won tickets, I think, off the radio, which has not happened to me since. And I fucking invited this asshole as my plus one. And he went out of his way to not mention food beforehand, like no sort of dinner plan, absolutely nothing. So I stood in line and I bought myself dinner at the show while the first thing he did was go load up on alcohol. And then he came back over to the food line with his beer. He hadn't gotten me anything. Um, And he immediately went for one of my fries that I had just bought myself and I said, nope. And he said that I was really intense. He also lied about graduating college. And I later found him on Match.com after we stopped dating. And he had listed on Match that he made a lot more money than he did. Because for some reason, he felt the need to tell me his salary while I dated him for a few weeks. And straight up on Match.com had clicked like, i don't know not like the millionaire box but like i don't even know if match still has that where like you list your salary i hope that they don't because that's so fucking transparent and awful but he had clicked like the biggest box that you could and i was like holy fuck this motherfucker is out there lying to women and oh my god i wish i could out him and then this last one that I included on this blog post was from the saggy boob, big areola lover. Upon learning, I was incredibly fucking sick, like super sick. I didn't hear from him um, the entire day or night after he had asked if I wanted him to drop off like a carrot ginger juice. Like he basically was like, oh, I'm really sorry that you're sick. Do you want me to not drop off some juice and I was like oh my god that would be amazing and we were so new into dating that I was like oh my god that's so cute but yeah I he never dropped off the juice I didn't hear from him and then found out the next day that he had spent the evening watching a movie at an older co-worker's house who was a divorcee that he had slept with before And I continued seeing him. You guys, I just, if you can fucking learn anything from me, then learn something from me. Learn that the first time that a guy says something questionable to you to walk the fuck away because men are not shit. So the last thing that I was going to say to tell you in honor of Valentine's Day and um this whole month having a love dating relationship theme is about the worst date that I've ever had. So this was back when I was 24. So that was, I don't know, 2012. And it started off as a cute kind of thing because I was at the dog park with my sister and her ex-wife who soon to be ex-wife, and there was this really cute guy there, and I was not in the business at at 24 years old of, you know, making the first move or walking up to a guy and talking to him or any of that shit, but she was like, no, Emma, he's so hot. I'm going to talk to him for you, and I was like, fine, so she forced the situation, so that was kind of awkward, but we did end up talking. He got my number, and we set up a first date. We went on the first date. It was a very typical 24-year-old first date. There was no food involved. It was just drinking. Both of us got overserved, but it was a really fun time. I remember laughing a lot, lots of silly conversation, a really sloppy big makeout session at the end of the date. I was like, "Oh my god, that was amazing. I can't wait to go out with this guy again." And so we planned a second date. But we didn't really plan it, so to speak. We went back and forth the entire day about what to do. It was a Friday. And this guy had absolutely no plan and fully was expecting me to come up with the plan. And although I was 24 and very immature, I knew at least that that was not attractive, especially for a second date and especially when The first date was just drinks. So like, obviously, second date, dinner. Okay, cool. At the time, the guy did not live in Dallas proper. He lived in the suburbs. So he wasn't super familiar with the Dallas area, which is totally fair. But he was not the sharpest tool in the shed. He clearly didn't think on his feet or use his resources. He could have easily asked his friends, asked co-workers, hey, where should I take a girl to dinner on a second date? But he didn't do that. So the entire Friday leading up to our date, it was like this back and forth between the both of us. Like, should I come there? Should you come here? What should we do? Blah, blah, blah. And I was already worn out and so turned off. Just like, this fucking sucks. So we at least decided on a time that he was going to come pick me up at seven o'clock on my side of town and we would go to dinner. And seven o'clock rolls around that night and he's not there. 7.15 not there. I mean again 24. I'm like what the fuck is going on? Am I getting ghosted? Am I getting stood up? Holy shit. No text. No call. Nothing. At 7.30 Outside of my apartment complex, I hear techno music blaring. Like, it is so loud that the ground is shaking. Like, the walls in my apartment are shaking. And I think to myself, please, dear God, do not let this be him. Please, 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 I will die if this is my date. And sure enough, as soon as I hear the techno music filling up the street, I get a text and he says, I'm here. And I go down and I walk outside and the techno music's coming from his little like powder blue infinity sports car that I could not give a shit about. That is one thing about me. I have never cared about a guy's car. I don't give a fuck. Like if you could be driving a beater, I do not care. I don't judge people based off of that. And I'm like, oh my God, he's a fucking douchebag. Oh my God. And he gets out of the car. He makes no sort of comment that he's a half hour late. He offers no explanation, no anything. And he gives me a side hug and says, hey, buddy. And I'm like, oh, my God, Emma, what do you do? What do you do? If I could go back in time, you guys, just especially because I really don't think it would have fucked up my trajectory, I I would have turned on my heel and walked back upstairs and inside and not gone through this evening, but I did. So we get in the car, doors shut. The first thing that he says to me is, so where are we going? Still doesn't have a plan. I immediately turn to my window and text my best friend. I hate this guy. (laughs) And I'm like, oh, you still haven't figured it out? He's like, Well, I was thinking, like, aren't there restaurants at the mall? I'm like, yeah, there are restaurants at the mall. I don't want to go to the fucking mall. Like, are we teenagers? And he's like, let's go to Kona Grill at the mall. At this point, I don't have any fight in me. I'm like, fine, let's fucking go there. Maybe this will all turn around and I will be pleasantly surprised. So we get to Kona Grill at the mall and it's very busy Um, And we walk right up to the bar and he's like, what do you want to drink? I say vodka soda with lime. That was my drink back in the day when I was a skinny bitch. And he's like, okay, he is about to order. And this asshole at the bar turns around and is like, dude, it's reverse happy hour in like 15 minutes. If you wait, drinks are so much cheaper. And my date has the drink menu in his hand. Upon hearing that he can spend less money on us. He literally tosses the menu up in the air dramatically, like with a flourish, and is like, oh, well, fuck that. Then we're waiting. And I thought he was kidding. Turns out he wasn't. So he's like, let's find a table before we order drinks. Okay, we find a bar top. We sit down. We're sitting there. He's literally looking at his watch, waiting for the 15 minutes to pass so he can do reverse happy hour. And I am not willing to accept that this is actually what's happening to me. And I say, wait, am I really not going to get a vodka soda? And he says, I mean, it's like double the price of everything on the verse happy hour menu. And I just sit there and he's like, but if you really want it, I mean, yeah, that's fine. And I'm like, no, you know what? That's fine. That's good. I'll just order something on the reverse happy hour menu. Yeah, that sounds great. So I end up getting a disgusting like 4 or 5 dollar house margarita that is mainly fucking margarita mix. It's absolutely foul. And I mean, I made up my mind. I hate this guy. And again, if I could go back in time and right then and there leave, I would. But also there was no Uber or Lyft. So, I guess I would have had to phone a friend, I don't know. Anyway, our conversation is horrible. Absolutely awful. We have nothing in common. I did not realize this on the first date. He comments on my body, which he hasn't seen. I mean, he sees how it is when I'm dressed, but he hasn't seen my fucking body. And he's like, you have such an athletic build. What sport did you play in high school? And I'm like, oh, I didn't play sports. He's like, really? But you're so like athletic and toned. And I said, no, I was a theater girl, like drama nerd. And he made this disgusted face. He wasn't joking, kind of like rolled his eyes, like, okay. And we had plans to see the movie Ted right after this reverse happy hour bullshit. And for those of you who don't know what I'm talking about, Ted. was the movie by the Family Guy creator Seth McFarland with uh, Wahlberg, Mark Wahlberg. And it was about like a fucking teddy bear who was like an actual speaking teddy bear with feelings and who like had sex with women and drank and smoked. And it was really funny. It was really funny. It was a comedy. So we go to this theater called Inwood Theater here in Dallas. It's still around. And Inwood Theater is really kitschy. They don't have regular seating there. It's like all couches and love seats, which like when you really think about it, that's pretty fucking gross. But at the time it was like, oh my God, this is so cozy and cute. Like what a great day in that spot. So we went, we get on a couch and he's clearly feeling comfortable enough with how the date is going that he puts his arm around me. Like he drapes it over my shoulder for the duration of the movie and the first two times that I laugh and my laugh I know like my laugh is fucking loud it's boisterous it's uh, kind of cackly. I mean when I laugh I laugh I'm not like <laughs> so the first two times I laugh he like a knee-jerk reaction covers my mouth with his hand like literally silences me with his hand because he's so embarrassed by my laughter in a fucking hilarious movie like he's so concerned that people are going to know him as the guy who brought the girl who's laughing really hard that he stifles my laughter um it was it was horrifying i mean i don't have to tell you that it was absolutely mortifying And the third time that he did it, I think I either licked his palm or like bit it. And he finally took his arm off of my shoulders and left me alone the rest of the movie. But by the time the movie was over, I was like, I'm going home. I think that we had talked about being 24 and going out and meeting his friends and drinking, which I was really excited about you know, two days earlier. And now it was the absolute last fucking thing I was going to do with my life. So we get out of the movie and I'm like, God, I'm going to have to pull the card. My mom always told me to pull if I needed to, which was feigning exhaustion. So we get out of the movie, he gets the car, we get in and he's like, okay, so where are we going again? He has no plan. Like, he's the one that said we should meet up with his friends. I'm like, wouldn't you ask your friends what the fuck they're doing, you idiot? And I'm like, you know, I'm really tired. And he's like, what? I mean, (laughs) no 24-year-old is too tired to continue the date if they're into you. So, like, he knew that it was bullshit. But I just put on my best acting chops and was like, yeah, I'm just, I'm so exhausted. He's like... I thought we were going drinking after this. And I said, we did drink before the movie at Kona grill. And he kind of like rolls his eyes and he's like, are you? And he's like fighting me the whole way home. He's like, are you fucking serious? Like for real, are you being for real right now? Like I'm really taking you home. And I was like, yes, for real, I'm tired. And all I can think about is getting in my bed. I'm sorry. And I mean, by the time he's dropped me off, he's decided he also fucking hates me. And I get one more kiss out of him because he was a really good kisser and I was like you know what I deserve that so I get one more kiss and he just looks at me like he's in disbelief that I'm such an asshole and so lame and I go into my apartment I wait for him to leave I make sure the coast is clear and then I go meet my friends out at a bar and that's how I ended my night and it was the worst date and I've had a lot of dates but the fact that One of the first dates that I ever went on when I was 24 was that bad, and nothing has ever topped it, is saying a lot. So that's my worst first date story. And I thank you guys so much for listening to all of this horrific shit. And I promise you, the day that I release my book with all of my dating memoirs, everything that I said and talked about today is going to make so much more sense. You're going to have a lot more context. And it's going to be great. But thank you for listening anyway. And please be sure to follow That's What He Said, the podcast on Instagram, because I, for the next two episodes, I'm definitely going to be asking my audience to participate. And I want you guys to, and I want you guys to be alert to that. So just keep checking it, be engaged with it, be tuned into it. And I'm very, very excited for this month's of podcast content. Again, thank you so much for listening. I love you all. I hope that you have a wonderful Valentine's since you won't hear from from me before then. And I will talk at you next Thursday.